Welcome back to Non-Stop Politics. I'm your host, Darsh Leslie, and today, a quick episode for you on the cabinet reshuffle that has taken place towards the tail end of this week. Coming up, a quick roundup of four of the key people that were dismissed and who their replacements are. But first, the big story, the big surprise that took place earlier this week. Sajid Javid, he's out as Chancellor of the Exchequer. This came as a massive, massive shock. Nobody had really even thought about the idea of Sajid Javid being being sacked or resigning as Chancellor of the Exchequer. It came as a massive, massive surprise. So he resigned after only seven months in the role. Now, why is this? Why did Sajid Javid leave after only a short period of time, considering he was about to deliver his first budget in March? Well, it's because the Prime Minister essentially had called him into number 10. He walked up Downing Street, which normally means you're safe in your role, but at the last minute, the Prime Minister threw in a massive, massive spanner in the works. Essentially, Javid could stay in his role as Chancellor of the Exchequer, but in order to keep his job, he had to fire all of his political advisers, everyone around him in his inner circle. Why is that? Because Boris Johnson and Dominic Cummings, his chief special advisor, essentially want to create one big joint team between number 10 and number 11, where all the special advisors will uh, work together, they will contribute together in one team and report to the Prime Minister and the Chancellor to keep a very, very special relationship. Just try and sort of emulate the special bond that you have between David Cameron and George Osborne, for example. And the reason why it's important is because it really does represent a massive power grab on the part of Downing Street over the Treasury. More specifically, it's about Dominic Cummings asserting his dominance and authority over government. Traditionally, you've had this sort of check and balance between number 10 and number 11, where you have number 11 acting as somewhat of a check on number 10, trying to make sure that Downing Street doesn't want to try and spend too much, and you've got this sort of pull and pull between the two branches to make sure that you are getting effective government. That is now all done and dusted. You've got Boris Johnson, Dominic Cummings, who are now really, really seizing control over the Treasury. And so you've got now people like John McDonnell, who are saying that the new Chancellor of the Exchequer, Rishi Sunak, is effectively a stooge in the role because Rishi Sunak, he's a Johnson loyalist, he's a Brexiteer, actually very articulate and someone who is very, very likeable, someone who seems to be quite competent. He used to work at Goldman Sachs. He's been involved in the election campaign just gone. He was studying he studied for Boris Johnson on several different occasions, and he's actually someone that's very, very respected in the Treasury. Someone who was and he was also the Chief Secretary to the Treasury prior to getting this job. So he is not a novice to any of this stuff. And actually he is someone that could be very effective. But the argument goes that someone like him is just a stooge because he's not really going to be able to have much leeway considering the fact that Boris Johnson and Number 10 as a whole, the Number 10 machine, are taking control of the Treasury. So this is one where we're definitely going to have to see how it plays out. Also important to note with terms of the Treasury is that we don't know if the planned budget for next month is going to be going ahead. So everything now is up in the air in terms of uh, what the budget will look like for the coming year, what the fiscal rules are going to look like, because those were actually in the manifesto. Sajid Javid had insisted that the new spending rules of the Tory party would be in the manifesto. What's going to happen to those? We just don't know either. That's something to look out for as well. 
Now, looking at some other changes in the reshuffle that happened, we have Julian Smith, who was sacked as Northern Irish Secretary, which has actually been very, very controversial, um, this move, because he was only in the job for, for about four months, but he got Stormont up and running after three years. You remember that the Stormont Assembly in Northern Ireland had been suspended since January 2017 because of the renewable heat scheme, and that effectively meant that Stormont had collapsed. Well, he was part of the negotiation to get it back up and running, and it's been up and running for about a month or so, but now he has been sacked from his role, and that's had quite a lot of cross-party criticism. A lot of people in the Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland saying that he was one of the better Secretary of States, and now they've got to deal with Brandon Lewis, who mm, isn't exactly known for his competence and isn't exactly known for um, getting things done in the same way as Julian Smith has done. So that's going to be interesting to see how that affects the relationship between Northern Ireland, the Republic of Ireland and the UK, especially in these treacherous times uh, coming out of the Irish election very, very recently. We've also got Esther McVeigh, who's been ousted as Housing Minister. She was previously at the DWP. She's now been replaced by Christopher Pincher. We've also got Theresa Villiers, who is out as uh, Secretary of State at DEFRA, replaced by George Eustace. One of the more interesting uh, changes is Geoffrey Cox. He is out as the Attorney General, replaced by Suella Bravman. Now, you'll remember that Geoffrey Cox, one of his big controversial moments in his time as Attorney General, was when he gave Boris Johnson the advice that he could legally prorogue Parliament, which obviously turned out to be illegal, as it was ruled by the Supreme Court back in September. His replacement is Suella Bravman, who, let's just say, has got some interesting views on the judiciary. She previously written articles in Conservative Home, arguing that the government should take back control in the post-Brexit era of the judiciary, saying that she thinks that judicial review has been overused, and she's also been very critical of human rights legislation. So those are just some of the changes in the cabinet reshuffle. There are a few minor ones too, but uh, definitely with Sajid Javid being uh, effectively forced out of his role, uh, we're going to have quite an interesting next few months and next few years with this cabinet. Are we going to get a new budget in March or will they have to wait? How will fiscal rules look like? What will the relationship between the UK and Northern Ireland look like? That is all up in the air and we will have to see how everything works out. But for now, that is your non-stop politics for today. A quick one on the reshuffle. If you enjoyed, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Nonstop Politics. And of course, you can listen to us wherever you get your podcast. But for now, I'm Darsha Leslie. This has been Nonstop Politics and I will see you next time. Bye bye.